Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson, and me, Spencer Locker. Spencer Locker, how the devil are you? Not so bad, man. You? I'm good, thank you. I'm Excellent. Good. I'm good. We've been well, neglecting our podcasts, haven't we? We have. We have. We've been mm. doing a bit more video lately, and um, we've you know focused on getting some of our module-based learning onto the hub. So it's been some time, but we wanted to jump back in because something yesterday inspired us to record a hubcast, Spence, when we was co-delivering. Co-delivery is a great thing. Mm. It's a nice. It's a nice thing when we can uh, we can sort of freestyle a little bit. We're yeah. getting, we're getting, we're in the room doing it live, uh, giving some quality content to our our uh, beloved um, customers, and now uh, and it just sparks that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that and that's the best that's the best way for me. I mean, so just to explain to the listeners, we were delivering co-delivering a, an external leadership day yesterday to some customers, and and the premise of the day was really focused on situational management and how. You know, it's still very appropriate to use the right management style with the right person in the right situation. Um, but I think a question came up or somebody asked about introverts versus extroverts. And does that really impact, um, you know, the type of leader or communicator you are? I think it came it did, it, it came on as a, a bit of a follow on from the fact that we had such a, an amiable group. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, we had a really amiable group and people were quite, I mean, they were comfortable and they were quite prepared to ask questions and, and challenged to a certain degree, but very, very much within the comfort zone of amiable people. Yeah, there was. And it was a very amiable bunch of leaders, which meant their natural management style was quite, um, it was less direct. It was less aggressive. It was quite passive. It was amiable. Mm. And therefore, I read in the room that there was a lot of introverts in the room. And when we brought this up for discussion, we just broke out into like an impromptu sort of workshop on it. And it got us thinking because we've done so much research and and, and we've got so many data points in our psychometric testing now around the motivators that drive people and the personality styles that form that, um, you know, this introvert, extrovert question comes up time and time again. And I think that I'm starting to form, Spencer, a bit of a view on it in terms of I don't think it's binary, as in mm. you are an introvert, which means you are shy, or you are an extrovert, which means you are confident yeah. and outgoing. I think I think that there's, a, there's something in that, but I think it's much more complex than that. So we wanted to jump on today, and you know we've done a bit, haven't we? And we want to just uh, off the cuff, as always, but really ask some questions and brainstorm. And challenge some preconceptions. Of introverts and extroverts, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, absolutely. And you know, so let's start off then. I, I think, I think what I want to, I want to sort of put down straight away, Spence, is that I think introversion and extroversion is a spectrum. I would totally agree there. So it's not I'd a totally black and white agree. thing. It's a, it's a spectrum. So if you imagine a line on yeah. the left hand side, you've got intro, extreme introvert, yeah, and on the very far right hand side, you've got you know, extreme extrovert. Yeah. And then you've got a line in the middle, which which represents the midway point. Yeah. But it's a sliding scale. Mm. So, you know, you, you don't 
just be an introvert, an extreme, or an extreme extrovert. Mm. You could be somewhere, anywhere on that sliding scale, yes. even yeah. more or less in the centre. Yeah, and which means the, you straddle the two. Yeah, and and if if I mean, we'll keep going on what we've got, but I think that when you get to that centre point or around straddling that centre point, there's a couple of interesting points to think about there. Okay. But carry on. Carry okay. On. So if if we think of it as a sliding scale, introversion, extroversion, um, it means that. It's likely every human being is different, but you will be somewhere on that on that scale. Now, most people will identify pretty clearly with which side of the fence they're on. You know, whether I am more extroverted yeah. and more introverted. But let me just let me just evolve this definition, Spence. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about introverts and extroverts, we're talking about the a couple of things. We're talking about stimulation. So we're talking about how they the amount of stimulation they prefer so the quantity of stimulation they prefer either a high degree of stimulation in their personal and professional life or a low degree um and we're also talking about their stimulation preference mm. whether they like external stimulation or internal stimulation so an extrovert typically likes lots of stimulation they like doing lots of things at once they like a high degree of stimulation, but they prefer it externally as well. So they're very, that's why they're more talkative. That's why they're more comfortable in large social groups. That's why they like sometimes to be the center of attention. It's why they thrive when the stimulation in their personal and professional life is very external and to a high degree. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And when you start talking about stimulation, I, uh, I see a, a, a commonality there with energy. So when you start talking, start looking at Carl Jung's philosophies yeah. on uh, introversion and extroversion, it's where you gain your energy. So when you're an introvert, when you are in busy, noisy, um, stimulation sort of yeah. things going on, that drains your energy. Uh, or it, it can feel very draining because there's too much going on for, for whatever reason. Yeah. However, you gain your energy from solitude, quiet time, alone time and with the extrovert it's the opposite way around yeah and i and i'm and and yeah so i'm an extrovert without surprisingly <laughs> right <laughs> I, I really I, i'm an extrovert in the fact that i definitely get more energy from stimulation i tend to actually get quite ratty and get quite frustrated and moody with low stimulation. So sometimes weekends for me, I know it's important to wind down, to sit and watch a film, to potter around the garden, you know, whatever it might be, to read a book, you know. But I, I find myself uh, bored and I find myself irritable. I know I need to rest because it's important, but I do get my energy from when I'm at work in the week, from when I'm going down the local sports club with my kids, when I'm out with my wife and friends and I'm socializing with friends. I genuinely absolutely feel great and get my energy from 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 external mm -hmm. situations. And and so introverts then on the opposite spends, as we're explaining, is, is they uh, prefer lower amounts of stimulation and prefer it internally which is why a lot of introverts sometimes like you know staying at home with a book or with a with a film or with just a couple of friends but they're 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 sometimes idea of a worst nightmare is to be in a busy restaurant on a table of 16 people with lots of conversations going on and having to hold that all evening right yeah yeah um 
and all wandering around a busy exhibition centre with everybody approaching your left, right and centre. So it's just the, um, so the first thing to sort of debunk, if you like, is introverts and extroverts are different in the sheer facts of stimulation, how much they prefer and, and where they get their energy from, where, where they tend to thrive more. And, um, and that's all it is. It's got nothing to do, and this is my opinion from the research we've done and, and, the, and the data that's coming out and the sheer amount of people we engage with. I don't think it's got anything to do with being confident or not confident, with being shy or, you know, or out, outgoing. It's got nothing to do with that, and we'll come on to that shortly. Mm, I think uh, it's, it's very interesting when you start talking about confidence and, and anxiety and introverts and extroverts. I mean, I know we've got some, we know some examples, but from from uh, a lot of the things that I've read, uh, Gandhi, believe it or not, was a, a confident introvert. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it being centre of attention wasn't his comfort zone. However, he had a message to deliver. And and that's and so he wasn't the loud, bouncy um, guy, but he wasn't shy, he wasn't anxious. He, he, he that was something he wanted to do. Conversely, is that the right word? Conversely, Robin Williams, he was an extrovert, but he had a lot of anxieties. Obviously, it's a great example, Spence. And let's let's throw a few other big names in the pot. Mm. Albert Einstein, introvert. Yeah, you know. Um, Steve Jobs, introvert. Yeah. Bill Gates, introvert. Yeah. So, so these are people who prefer to do their thinking and thrived best when they were alone or in small groups and when the level of stimulation was more focused and internal. Mm. However, you know, you look at the people I've just mentioned, certainly Steve Jobs and Bill Gates in the area they lived in, they, in conferences, have stood up in front of 5,000, 10,000 people yeah. and delivered the most inspiring, engaging, <clears throat> confident speeches you've ever heard, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's nothing to, and they are, and certainly with Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates, some of the biggest egos and most confident pe- men on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they're introverts because mm-hmm. the level of stimulation that they prefer is in small amounts, in small focused amounts, and internally yeah, when it's yeah. time to do the thinking. So, you know, you're absolutely right. Robin Williams is a classic extrovert. He came alive, right, when he was externalizing himself to the world and when he was center of attention and when he had his time to shine and, and engaging with people. But as we all know with Robin Williams, in isolation, it, he struggled, right? Now, and there's a million other examples like that. So we want to debunk this myth of extroverts are confident, introverts are shy mm. and anxious it's not the case and what we've come to spencer in our model isn't it and and, and we're going to do a bit more on this for the hub is i think you've got to look at that two sides of the fence mm. as in extroversion introversion as a sliding scale but then you've got to break it up into two categories you can be an extrovert and be a confident extrovert or you can be an anxious extrovert right yeah you can be a confident introvert or you can be an anxious introvert so you actually start looking at four types of profile now. A four-box model, Martin. Well, I don't like four-box <laughs> models, but yeah. you know, you are looking at four different areas you can go into rather than I'm just an introvert, yeah. extrovert. So what I want people listening to this to think is, based on your level of stimulation that you prefer, mm. external or internal and large amounts or small amounts, which side of the fence are you on, introvert or extrovert? And then based, how would you describe yourself? Are you a confident extrovert or an anxious, shy extrovert? 
or are you a confident introvert or an anxious introvert? And that might seem bizarre, but it's true. Some of the introverts we've worked with are some of the most confident people on the planet. Just because they don't go out there gallivanting and they're not saying the most in the room or, you know, those people who speak and when they speak, you listen type thing. They speak yeah. with power. Mm. You know, they are the confident introverts. So when you say this, when we when we look, I mean, I know I was I was riding you a little bit with, with four box model. I, I was only messing around there. But when we start looking at that cross section with that crosshair that we look at with the four types that we're looking at or the four areas that we're looking at, and you stressed that it is not binary, it's not forcing people into a box, it is a sliding scale. So you could have a sliding scale on the horizontal, so you're looking at introvert and extrovert, so somewhere on there you might find your comfort zone, but you've also got a sliding scale on the vertical. Yeah. So are you looking at more confident, less confident? I like it. And, and by that, you can actually plot on that graph area whereabouts you sit yeah absolutely you're absolutely right mm. and and you could even depending on the environment your stage of life mm. uh the situation you may flip from one to the other you could have been a confident extrovert for the last 10 years and then something catastrophic in your life has happened or something significant and you're still an extrovert you still prefer the stimulus and, and the way you engage from an extroversion perspective, but you might be now an anxious extrovert. I mean, we I've met people who are the most extroverted people on the planet, but behind closed doors, they're incredibly self-conscious and shy and, and worried and anxious. And therefore, it's a bit of a facade, right? You've met some people who are the who, who appear to be, you know, shy and, and retractive. However, they are some of the most, from an inner self-confidence perspective, some of the most happiest content you know, self-confident people on the planet. So introverts, extroverts, I think you're right, sliding scale, but there's also the fact that it's got nothing to do with one or the other being confident or shy or anxious. Either can be that. And you know what? The confident introvert, so let's look at the four, the con confident introvert can po may possibly be the best type of mind to live in. Does this make sense? Mm. Because the confident introvert doesn't need to have appreciation, recognition, or validation from anyone. They're quite comfortable with that internal stimulus and that low level of stimulus, right? Mm. But they're incredibly confident. They're incredibly self-assured and confident in what they do. So when they need to step out and deal with the situation or make a decision, they can do so, right? The anxious introvert starts to completely transition because if you're an anxious introvert, it means you're having low level of stimulus, low amounts of stimulus. You are slightly segregating and isolating yourself and you're anxious as well, which compounds the introversion. It actually stops you and prevents you from going to social activities and not wanting to, to be around large groups and, you know, external stimulus. Um, so that can, so you look at those two types, both are introverts, but manifest in completely different ways. And then you go over to extroversion, the confident extrovert. I would say I'm a confident extrovert. I am. I do, I do have a belief in self, in myself and in what I'm doing and I make decisions and I take risks and I'm confident in what I'm doing, right? It takes time, not all the time, right? But in general, I am. And the confident extrovert, therefore, not only externalizes themselves to the world and enjoys that high level of stimulus, but they do it relentlessly and with passion and with confidence and conviction. The anxious extrovert, that only lasts so long. And, 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 and what happens with the anxious extrovert? And I believe, Spence, that all the one-to-ones we do with 
you know, sometimes with um, depression, anxiety, and stress, I see a lot of anxious extroverts. And, and what I mean by that is they have motivators and personality styles which are larger than life. And they want to go out there and they want to make friends and build rapport and they want large groups and they want and they crave co- connection and acceptance so much so that the anxious anxious extrovert will worry so much about what other people think of them. The difference between a conf- confident extrovert and an anxious extrovert is the confident extrovert doesn't rely and need validation and feedback to go again. The anxious extrovert does. So when it doesn't come back they start to have a wobble and that anxiety starts to grow and grow and grow. So some of the anxious extroverts overcompensate. Mm. They start overcompensating a bid to get that acceptance and that stimulus back. And when it doesn't come back, it compounds the anxiety. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So in my experience, and I'll bring you in there, Spence, because I want to come back to that middle ground that you were talking about, is in my experience, people listening to this, you know, if you're an introvert, and you're a confident introvert, it's a great place to be. And if you're an anxious introvert, at least you're, you're, you know, you're, you're comfortable, you're at least comfortable in your own skin and in isolation and in your own mind. You've got that respite. Whereas for an anxious extrovert, it's a self-perpetuating cycle at times. Mm-hmm. They constantly want that, that, that reassurance, that acceptance, that feedback, that external stimulus. And but then when they re- retreat, the anxiety kicks in. So they overcompensate and they go again. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and that's why I think this whole thing's fascinating. Mm, so you was yeah. doing. So you asked me. You 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 sort of suggesting then, Spence. So okay, Martin, you're describing people who are probably more on one side than the other. Yeah. What about people who are listening to this, Spence? Who go well? I can identify with, with both. both. Yeah. I yeah. can. I can be an introvert, and there's times where I like being on my own and look with low stimulus. Mm. But there's also times I'm life and soul of the party and I can yeah. hold my own, I'm out, I'm out there. Yeah. Do the, is that possible? It, is it possible? I tell you what, it's more than possible. When I was younger, I was more of an extrovert. Yeah. Um, I'm not so much of an extrovert now. Give me a couple of beers, that might change. <laughs> well, I've seen you dancing, remember, <laughs> at, the, at the Christmas party. Yeah, yeah, well, less said about that. So I'd like to introduce two, uh, two more terms. I'm not trying to muddy the water or complicate things. But I'd like to introduce these two terms and, and, and just have a think about it. We've got the omnivert and the ambivert. Okay. Okay. So then, the omnivert, in my view, be it through the research that I've done and, and things like that, is um, intro introverted biased. So we're talking about middle middle of the road but more biased towards introversion. Okay. Yeah? So it's someone who displays classic traits of both extrovert and introvert in specific situations. Like it. So they can party, they can engage with people, they can flourish, they can they can talk to many different people on many different levels. But after that party, after that social interaction, they will need a few days of solitude of being by themselves to recharge the social batteries. So they can do that. They can do the the, the grip and grin, as you, as you say, and talking to people about all sorts of bits and pieces. However, after that, they need to be alone. They need a little bit of solitude. They need to re- retreat to their cave, if you like, for a certain amount of time to recharge the social batteries. And they know when the re- social batteries are recharged because they start to feel lonely. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they, they are middle ground, but they're more biased towards the introversion. When we come to ambiverts, and I identify as an ambivert. 
<laughs> when you say those words, I identify. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. identify. So basically, the ambivert is an extroverted, biased, middle of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So it's somebody who exhibits the qualities of both the extrovert and the introvert again. However, you can flip into either depending on mood, context, and goals. Right? Yeah. So this is why the omnivert we're looking at the introverse bias because you are more um, more influenced by what's going on inside. Yeah. So with the ambivert, you're more biased on what's going on outside. So let's say let's so let's say we're looking at an omnivert. Omnivert am, ambiverts are described as outgoing introverts, antisocial extroverts, yeah, uh, and social introverts. So. These are people that in the right context, in the right mood, and with the right people, ambiverts tend to become more extroverted. Yeah. yeah? However, in difficult contexts, with when they're tired or when they're cranky, and there are toxic people, they tend to go to the introvert side. Does that make sense? So as you're describing, yeah, it makes perfect sense. As you're, I've always described my wife um, I mean, she'd always say I'm an introvert and you're an extrovert. I don't think she is. I think my wife has always been an extrovert but more anxious than me. Mm. Um, but what you're describing now makes me believe that my wife is potentially an anxious, a more anxious ambivert. Right. Because she is exactly like that. In the right company with the people who she's got rapport with or trusts mm. or whatever, she will. She is <clears throat> not an introvert. Yeah. She will socialize. She will engage. She will have fun. And she comes out of shell. And I love it when I see my wife do yeah. that. I, I say this to her all the time. Yeah. Um. So, But, yeah, in, in certain company or unfamiliar company, yeah. she yeah. will go more introverted. Yes, yeah, yeah. So she could be an ambivert I, somewhere I think, in the middle yeah. ground. Yeah. And it depends on the company and the environment as to mm. when she actually comes out of a shell. Yeah. But to, to my points earlier, mm. she's still more of an anxious ambivert. Yes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I know yeah, what that makes saying. sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we've got those, we've got those two different terms that and, and again, they sort of straddle between themselves. They straddle that center ground because some people could be in the could try and plot themselves and think to themselves, well, if I was pushed to to, to actually contextualize myself. According to this evidence, I would be an extrovert, but there's other people who go, no, you're not an extrovert. Mm. So you'd probably be an ambi ambivert. So if you think about the sliding scale then, left, far left, we've got introversion. Yeah. Far right, we've got extroversion. Yeah. We've got a middle marker, bang in the middle of that line, mm. and just slightly either side of that, you've yeah. got omnivert or ambivert. Yeah, so omnivert is more yeah. to more your, yeah. Introspect uh, your, your, your introspective side and your ambivert yes. or of your extrovert. So so you've got them either side, which means actually I'm not a, a classic introvert, but I'm still more introverted and mm. vice versa. And then you've got the upwards and downwards scale, which yeah. says, am I more of a confident um, ambivert, omnivert, or yeah. extrovert, yeah. Yeah. or am I more anxious? Yes. Because that still comes into play. The anxiety level, stroke, self-assurance level still comes into play. And that has a lot to do, if you read, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, with yes. self-esteem. Yeah, very much You know, so, your yeah. level of self-esteem will determine mm. that confidence, uh, you know, <clears throat> anxiety scale. And your, your, your level of self-esteem is also being influenced by other people's opinions and wants and needs. So, well, I mean, we were just briefly talking about the, um, the TED Talks video that we watched the other week. Um, about introversion, the power of introverts. Um, but you're looking at schools, 
they want people to come out of the shell. Oh, you've got to be more confident. Oh, you've got to say this. You've got to say that. Well, if you're an introvert, you're an introvert. Yeah. Um, that's something that you're not very com- uh, you, you may not be very com- comfortable or confident in. Whereas if you're an extrovert, people seem to want extroverts. People are people who are in business and things like that. A lot of pe- businesses, oh, I want extroverted people, I want powerful people, all this and the other. Well, they sometimes miss the the value of having introverts. Oh yeah, absolutely. You need you need that. You need different people for different roles. Mm. Um, so yeah, but I guess the final point I want to make on expenses, and we'll put a pathway on this. I think we could create create a bit more of a clear, great diagram on this yeah. around introversion, extroversion. You know ambiverts, omniverts, confidence levels versus anxiety levels. And you can sort of start to paint a picture a little bit around why I operate the way I do and where I prefer my stimulus to come from and why I sometimes like my own space or why I like being, I feel more relaxed when I'm out with groups and friends and, you know, colleagues, et cetera. But, you know, going back to that self-esteem bit on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs for a second, you know, self-esteem impacts extroverts more than introverts Mm. and let me explain myself on that the fact that an extrovert extrovert get that gets their energy from external stimulus Mm. and collaboration it means that their their self-esteem is is more greatly impacted to some extent than an introvert's by people's perceptions and feedback do you know what i mean it just is if yeah. you think about that logically, extroverts get a lot of their energy, power, um, and stimulus from acceptance, mm. from engagement, mm. from positive vibes, from feedback. So it means that the extrovert is potentially more susceptible to lower self-esteem if that doesn't come back in abundance or if it comes back negatively from the outside in. Does this make sense? Because they live outside so. in. <clears throat> Very Introverts much so. live inside out. Yeah. So, so the anxious extrovert for me is the what the people I see on a one-to-one basis, and we'll never breach confidentiality on any podcast, but the people I see in general on a bit on a, on the regular basis who suffer more from anxiety and low self-esteem are anxious extroverts hmm. because they are more susceptible to their self-esteem being damaged from the outside in than an introvert is. Yeah, I'd agree. And if you're listening to this podcast and that might be describing you. There are absolutely ways you can wrestle back some control over that. Oh, yeah. A, you can still be an extrovert, but you just got to reframe your self-esteem and where you get your self-esteem from. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of the coaching stuff we do, isn't it? But it's a fascinating yeah. thing. And as we've probably covered in 26 minutes, Spence, mm. it's not a binary thing. No. We're learning more and more about it all the time. Mm. But you know what? Introverts, they have a real power and a real confidence at times. Very much so. They're not just shy and, you know, and withdrawn mm. and hard work introverts some of the most high profile confident people on the planets are introverts right and that's what you got to take from it but there are anxious introverts as well right mm, extroverts it's not just that extroverts are confident and powerful and outgoing and all the rest of it they can be anxious too yeah it's all determined around the level the amount and the level of stimulus stimulus mm. that you require to be at your best and yeah to the energy the energy yeah. where you get that energy from and if uh, again I think I think if you've got to this stage of the podcast and you're still wondering which one you are um then yeah have a look on what we do on the T2 Hub. We'll, we've, we've put all sorts of stuff out there a bit about self-realization, about um, how you can sort of analyze yourself and have a think about it and think, well, actually, 
society might pressurize me to be an extrovert, but really I get my energy from and it's and it's perfectly okay. Yeah, yeah, And then it's about looking at your week and going. Right, if I'm an introvert, where are my pockets and opportunities to yeah. have my alone time or to have my low stimulus time where I can do my thinking, I can reflect, I can recharge. And for an extrovert, it's like, you know, where in my week can I have my pockets of high external stimulus, yeah. group activities, you know, mm. like if you put a, a, an extrovert in an isolated office on their own and ask them to work nine hours a day, five days a week, yeah. they are not going to have the energy and the productivity that they need to thrive. Yeah. Likewise, if you put the introvert on an open plan sales floor with phones ringing, conversations going, yeah. people laughing, and they can't have any headspace five days a week, they're not going to thrive. No, no. So it's about thinking where you can, you know, you can create those pockets. And I say pockets because mm -hmm. extroverts have to go out into the wide world and externalize. And you know what, extroverts, you've got to shut up sometimes yeah. and, and, you know, and, <laughs> and get focused and, con and concentrate and do the little things that make a big difference. Yeah. It's about finding your pockets and, and, but accepting who you are, why you like it. And it's perfectly okay. Great point. Spencer Locker, I enjoyed that. We'll follow it up with a with it. We'll get Lydia to follow up with a with a pathway. Yeah, we'll maybe get a visual of what we've just talked about with yeah. the, you know, the uh, what do you call it the um, the omnivert and the ambivert. Yeah, uh, on the scale and the yeah. grid, and people just get people thinking about where they sit, mm. embracing it, accepting it, and then making a few changes going yeah. forward. That's going to benefit them and allow them to recharge, gain the energy, and get productive. Spencer Locker. Thank Ma you very much. Martin Johnson, thank you very much. And we'll be back with another T2 Hubcast.